guess I should talk now. Uh, all right, man. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I'm sitting here trying to get my earphones working. Hope everybody's uh, doing okay out in a world gone crazy. We all thought we were going back to work, but then whammo, the race car gets played. Welcome, Jason. Good afternoon, Crow. So I just took some time to see what Hoax Buster put out. That's quite a set of observations that I probably never would have saw in a million years. I don't know, I might have if I watched news, but I rather doubt it. Um, it's a crazy world we're living in, and uh, I've been saying a long time that uh, once the fist was closed to release the grip, probably wouldn't happen. Um, anyhow, where do you want to jump in here? Should we talk about what happened in my hometown last night? Yeah, it's a great place to start. Let's go. Let's do that. So I got a call from my nephew this morning, who lives in La Mesa, where my wife and I used to live. Why um, is your neighbored uh, in Lemon Grove, but we had lived in La Mesa, and apparently people that nobody recognized, well, apparently first the police shot tear gas into crowds, and then people that nobody recognized and were wondering where they came from began to incite. Um, the result of that was at least a couple banks being burned down on Spring Street in downtown La Mesa, um, a couple other buildings, a bunch of places were looted. And uh, so what we see here is what I was talking about, I don't know, almost a month ago. Uh, that the... um, and what's odd about this is we've seen this before, this kind of inciting race card news. Um, but the, the protests didn't follow like they are now. We're being told that there's protests in London and, and everywhere. So this one event, which we've seen, I don't know how many a times, is apparently a whole different deal. I mean, what do you think about all this, Jason? Yeah, well, apparently we had audio issues, so I just missed half of what you said, unfortunately. Uh, I think I got it on track. I'm waiting for the... For the can't hear crow. Okay. How about... I mean, all right, everybody. I just tried to redo this. Tell me if everything is good. Here, let me test, 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 test. Is my audio still trash as I saw someone write? Looks like everyone's saying everyone's we're good. Saying, but. Yeah. Okay. So, um, unfortunately, I don't have an answer for you because I was scrambling to check settings to see what got goobered when I ripped everything apart from my old house. Um, people are still saying it sounds like I'm on a speakerphone. No, everyone's saying great. Okay. No. Okay, one more All time. Right, well, what is I, what, what I, good for both of us? Please tell me right now. I know there's like a 30-second lag. <clears throat> okay, everyone's saying good. All right. Carry on. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm noticing some people. The funny thing about La Mesa being the epicenter of things is La Mesa has pretty much been an older generation neighborhood that's changed over the last 10, 15 years a little bit. Um, but it's no, it's not like when you say downtown La Mesa, you're saying like almost Mayberry RFD, not quite. Um, so it was very unusual, and um, my nephew, of course, is young, so he's on all the Snapchats and all the things that happen simultaneously, and people were questioning where did these people come from um, that were inciting. Um, I didn't get a clear explanation of why the police shot tear gas into the crowd, um, <laughs> and I couldn't bring myself to bother to watch all the video because I know what's at the base of this, but remember back to Trayvon Martin. Uh, which was exactly the same type of news, if everybody's following me. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, there was a protest here and a protest there. 
um, but nothing like this. What's happening now is they're busing people in, apparently. These are well-organized. They're popping up everywhere, and people are inciting. I watched a grand total of five minutes of cable news today while I held my breath. I can only hold my breath for five minutes, so that's all I could take. Um, that's a joke. Um, but uh, you could see people right up into the police's face with their masks off, clearly talking not very politely to the police. So I think what we're going to see is exactly what we talked about a, m a month ago, that the other shoe is going to drop and um, people have been pent up for Lord knows. I've, I've lost track how many weeks people have been pent up Over and without, pay yeah, without paychecks. So um, I would just say don't get caught up in this nonsense. Don't, don't participate in the loss of control. Um, that's really not the way forward. Uh, if it comes to that, then woe to all of us. But um, anything going on in your area of the country, Jason? I was trying to check stuff in New Orleans, and uh, I didn't see anything there. I didn't hear anything about Baton Rouge, so I guess we're okay, although I haven't had that much time to look into much of anything the past weekend. Uh, our lives were just ripped apart and torn to shreds and had to be slapped back together again with Silly Putty. But hopefully this week it'll all be good and over and and the craziness will be at an end. Well, I want to mention a video, but the problem is, is that, look, if I'm, I'm going to talk about this, but don't post it in the stream in the chat room. And I know that's a sucky thing to say because people are going to say, who is it? Where is it? Um, but part of what goes on here is when we do streams like this, if we link to other people's. There's a line drawn there and it's not lost on the data collection. Um, but there was a, a clip put out today, maybe I'll mention it at the end or something, um, where a person who's very observant sees with both eyes and a little more, maybe a little bit of that third eye creeping into his vision. Um, he drew the line of all the names, the name game. Uh, remember back to James Shelby Downard, the man who I hold up as having cracked um, how things are encoded in terms of name, place, toponymy, topology, uh, name magic, all these things. And what Hoaxbuster did was recognize that he was seeing a bunch of boxing names. And so he put up a clip to draw the lines. Um, and of course, you always see, you know, Don King productions. I mean, do I, do I really need to, to underline <laughs> what's going on there? Um, but it's a hell of a thing because that's basically an implication for the heavyweight title of the world, isn't it? When Mike Tyson's name comes up and things like that, um, the heavyweight bout, you know, this is this is like the Super Bowl of fights, um, I think, is what's being alluded to. I haven't had a lot of time to go through what he did. I, I glanced through it once and I actually had to click forward because I didn't have that much time. But I would just say people need to be careful when they're on YT now. If you leave comments, um, that's going to draw data trails. And so this lockdown is probably going to be attempted, and that means that information lockdowns won't be far behind it. So you have to have a new mindset of how you conduct yourself online, because basically what we're all doing is we're giving this data away free to people who are going to use it to do what they do. Um, so when you comment, you should think about what you're saying, or if you even need to. Um, go, go. People make fun of me all the time because my Twitter account, I'm following no one, and people ask me questions I don't answer. Um, there's a reason for that, a very good reason for that. Um, and I think we need to shift our mindset. Part of the problem that we're going to face here is there's no time to make new tools, new groups. And if you try to form online, it's very easy to see those groups and censor those groups. 
So from my point of view, if you want to make a difference in this world, you decentralize. That means it's on you where you are. And while you can freely communicate with others, if you begin to band together, guess what? You're not going to be long for it. It is very easy to turn off a cell phone, a Twitter account, or any other thing that gets data grouped. Um, so I think people need to think in responsible ways if they're truly interested in trying to help things come out better than we see them going. So uh, do you want to keep going this vein? I know people are, are interested in us discussing SpaceX. We had a super chat about the, yeah, very, uh, um, the very nature of all that. Yeah, you want me to you want me to lead us into that? Yeah, I finally got a chance to watch the launch, and uh, well, you go ahead, and I'll I'll interject as as I. So we have a longtime follower at Crow Triple Seven who is a very educated man who went down there um, and said nothing launched. He was there at the time of the launch, listened to the supposed broadcast of the launch going off, said nothing went up, and he had um, a great view. That was the claim. I haven't heard the follow-up on that, but what I did is I actually recorded it, um, and I'm calling Hollywood special all day long. When the thing reaches seven, that nearly 7,000 kilometers an hour, a piece of tinfoil creeps sideways across the exhaust manifold. Um, I spent I don't know how many thousands of hours, years, filming planes going through clouds in the daytime, um, and I can tell you when that thing is going however many hundreds of kilometers they're claiming, uh, these clouds are obscuring your view, and it doesn't work that way. That's not how filming a thing in that way works. To to get an obscuration of something like a plane or anything else, that, that cloud has to be so dense you can't see through it. And many times the speed of the object moving will show that the cloud has been dispersed or displaced in some way as it happens. Um, so I'm, I'll say it flat out. Uh, it's a deep fake. The whole thing is a Hollywood special. And uh, we will have to follow up, but we do have at least one person claims to be an eyewitness says nothing went up. Oh, and of course there's more. The, the video feed dies exactly when the thing's supposed to land backwards. You know that cute little backwards land it does? Um, <laughs> The video feed, and it says, and what's ironic as hell is they played the uh, the Jedi mind trick on everyone. Text came up that says, yes, we still love you, but we're trying to reestablish the link or something like that. So your mind starts spinning off and all these other, it's it's clever. It's clever, but I'm sorry, some of us can see, but that's that's what I can add. Oh, kitty cats, kitty cats everywhere in this mess of a house. Um... I watched it this morning, and all I saw were a whole bunch of typical jump cut edits, things like that, like the the, the stuff that they always do. Like, God forbid someone just takes a stream and follows the, uh, whatever it happens to be, this time a rocket ship, going all the way up, and we, we see it that way. Uh, I was totally impressed with the little cam that they had inside the cockpit. Um, did you take a look at that, and did you see, like, their suits and all that? I saw their suits, but what struck me is they kept showing them as they're like approaching seven or eight thousand kilometers an hour, whatever it is, and they're not moving. They're not jiggling. They're just—it's like they're sitting in a Cadillac parked in a parking lot somewhere. Um, it's unreal. Well, they were—they were very comfortable. Uh, those suits are interesting. I remember I was talking with uh, Jared and David and. Somebody else with us on that one, but anyway, we were we were kind of looking at the suits and all that, and they just they don't seem like they would do a very good job of keeping you pressurized. Did you happen to notice like what they look like and all that? Um, I, I, you know, I saw them sitting in, and I think I saw a shot of them before they got in, 
And what struck me was it looked like a very Hollywood-esque idea of, you know, the more streamlined spacesuit idea than we've seen in the past, maybe. But to be fair, streamlined. That's yeah. To be out at me. (laughs) To be fair, I don't I don't watch it a lot. But here here's another thing. Um, If you can remember back to the Crow Discovery Project on YouTube, um, and when I had a camera or a telescope in my hand, damn near 20, 24 hours a day for some years. Um, we started to try to pin down how far away is space, <laughs> and it turns into a thing. Nobody knows how the hell far away it is in space, and then you start getting an- then you start getting answers like, "Well, where does the beach end, and where does the ocean start?" You can't define that, you know. <laughs> and I said, "The hell I can't." It's like within this twenty feet. Okay, I might not be able to nail it down to an inch, but I can sure as hell nail it down to twenty, thirty feet. Um, so that was the thing that's going on. But what we finally decided to accept was the idea of the Carmen line, which if I remember, and I am pulling this from memory, I haven't looked in a long time, I think it's like 60 kilometers. Um, that's supposed to be the barrier between our atmosphere and space. So think about what's what's going on here. Um, you can look up escape velocity, and I'd quote it here, but I always mess it up if I'm not looking at it. Escape velocity for something to supposedly leave our magnetic grip um, of Earth is quite quick, and Jason and I have done work to show that it's five times faster than a 30 out six round. Um, so, can you imagine sitting on the nose of a 30 out six round and then go multiplying that by four or five? Nah, um, that'd be fine. Well, yeah, but my point is, is as I was watching, I think it was I don't know. They're pushing 7,000 kilometers. They're already far above the Carmen line. Um, so, I mean, there's nothing about this that isn't a shell game. If you do a thing in the real world, you can know some things about the things you've done. (laughs) If a new car is made, you can know the colors it comes in, how many doors it has on it, how many horsepower, how many tires. You can know some things about a thing that exists in this world. And to this day, uh, we cannot get a definitive answer on where space starts. And now they're playing the shuffle game. You know, uh, my entire life, we were told space was a vacuum. Um, that was another thing I did back in the days uh, of my early YT work is when I was in the Marine Corps, we would shoot a radio signal and we were told we were bouncing it off the ionosphere. So we said, well, what's the ionosphere? Well, that's charged particles. Okay, so we're there's this thing up there called the ionosphere. It's charged particles and we can bounce a radio wave off it. Then the radio wave goes down and hits the surface of the ocean. It bounces back up and we can go over the curvature of the earth. That was what we were told in the Marine Corps. So when I got back out, and I'm trying to determine where the hell does space start, and I finally decide the closest you're ever going to come, which clearly isn't correct, is the Carmen line at roughly 60,000 kilometers. Here was the definition at the time. I haven't looked it up recently, and these things do change, like the numbers of satellites. When I was doing (laughs) the research I am telling you now, when I counted satellites by the book, back then there were 20 to 30,000. Go ahead, do a Google search now. What happened to all our satellites? But it's it's all laughable. Point is, the ionosphere is claimed to fluctuate from something like 30 to 40 miles over our head. All right, so there's no definitive line, but it goes 1,200 miles up from there. So what they're saying is, if the Kármán line is where space starts, then after that, you're in a vacuum, right? Space is a vacuum. <laughs> I've heard but, that. Yeah, but <laughs> the ionosphere goes up 1,200 miles. And the ionosphere is charged particles. So these are equations that can never be balanced. In short, 
you don't know where you live. You've never seen an accurate map in your life. And we're living in fantasy land, basically. So as far as the SpaceX actual launch, uh, I saw David had mentioned that there should be tons of home videos. You would think that, right? If this thing is right? so cool and awesome and nifty and all that, where are all the people posting? Now, I haven't looked, so maybe there are, and I just don't know. And I'm certainly open to being proven wrong. Um, Cody, thanks well, for there's... the super chat. He says one camera showed a curve and the other camera showed flat during the whole duration of the, of the launch. Um, that unfortunately could easily be explained, though. Just because, fish eye. yeah, it could just be different kinds of cameras. That's, I mean, I own a fisheye lens for uh, for my Canon, and I have pancake lenses. I have all those kinds of things. That's that's normal. Um, do you know that well enough to explain what they do, Crow? I think I'd probably butcher it if I tried to explain I, it well. I, yeah, well, with a fisheye lens, it can go convex. Okay, let me clear my muddled mind. Um, what's the opposite of convex? Concave. concave. The, the 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 horizon line can go anywhere from convex to concave to flat, depending on the angle of the shot. Um, and they do that on purpose. Um, there's no reason to, you know, the idea of a fisheye is to give you a wide field of view. But why would you do that when you're going to be in a place where the image you're going to take is so rarefied that precious few cameras will ever take the shot? Wouldn't you want a factual record of what the human eye would see? If that's true, then you take a normal lens and you pan with it. Um, and the other thing is when all the the weather balloons started going up, every dude and his brother that we were being told were just average, they kept putting fish eyes on it. Um, th these things don't make sense because in a real world where science is actually supposed to be science, you want definitive evidence. Well, a fish eye is kind of, sort of evidence, right? Because it's distorting the image. So um, that that's what's going on there. But I suspect the reason I, I didn't look at it, but I'm suspecting the reason they show it round in one place and flat in another is the same reason Rick and Morty just made fun. Um, in one of their last episodes, they grouped the world in round earthers, flat earthers and some other thing, you know, showing that there was a three way division <laughs> about what people think. So I think I what they're doing is playing. The, yeah, they're playing the numbers game, I guess. Uh, Rick and Morty seems to be really kicking things hard these days huh they're like hitting on all the all the modern stuff well if last year was any indicator they had to be in production before 311 um so how is it they came up with their face hugger episode before everyone was wearing masks how'd they pull that off that's pretty you know they must have a crystal ball right there's there's any number of things rick and morty got so big so quick um that it's it's the same as anything it's like big bang when Big Bang gets to be the number one sitcom in the world for 10 years or whatever it is, that's where they're going to center your your Pavlov's dog's programming and your subconscious programming. And the reason for that is because more minds, more eyes are going to witness it. And not only that, these are the types of people who are habitual TV watchers, right? If you're going to watch a sitcom and catch every episode, you're a habitual TV watcher. Um, we've covered what that means in terms of what happens to your brainwaves um, within about five minutes of you staring at the box. Um, so Rick and Morty reached that kind of plateau, I think, shortly after the first season. People were screaming for more and they couldn't make them quick enough. And then what was it? It was almost a year um, they took off to get between seasons and do their production. Oh, it was um, like two plus years, I think. Was it? I was thinking it was something a little over a year, but I don't really pay attention. I just remember it was a long time, which brings you back to how the hell did they do production uh, on their face hugger episode uh, <laughs> before everyone was wearing masks? 
You see, it's all insider baseball, and uh, we are in a media monopoly. And so the truth of it is, is any anything that gets put forward that's going to get those millions and millions of minds focused in on it is not going to go to waste. Um, I think it's that simple. I mean, turn on your cable news right now. <laughs> You're going to get told the same thing from five different angles. You know, maybe we should talk a moment about how they do the implanting of all, of all that stuff. Uh, the Simpsons has kind of run its course at this point. Uh, I don't know about Family Guy. I don't know if that's still a huge thing. But if I had to guess, I'd say that Rick and Morty is now the the, the new guy in the block that's taken over for all the predictive programming. Um, I don't think – I think it's – I really do think it's about the idea – what did they call that box they used to put in people's houses to, to claim they knew how many people were watching any given the Nielsen ratings, Nielsen right? Ratings, yep. mm -hmm. I think that's what's driven it all along. It's simple. It's the 80-20 rule, right? If 80% of everyone is in a dream state, good to go, who gives a damn what the other 20% say or do? I, I really truly think that there's reality to that idea. What the actual numbers are, I don't know. I'm just using 80-20. So what you see is Rick and Morty doesn't become the lone source. It becomes the important or one of the important sources because you can go over to the old networks or some other streaming and find just as many minds glued to some other thing like when Game of Thrones was around or or any of these things. And so what happens is the program rolls out. Here's what I noticed. I had an epiphany. I don't know about a week ago. I was hanging out with my wife. It was when I fell out and I was feeling crappy and I said, I got to stop. I got to recoup. I got to get good food in my body. I'm just going to sit here. I'll gel on a couple old movies. So we're watching movies from the 50s. And it struck me all at once, having known to the core of my being um, what people like Dr. Andy Kaufman and so many others, Dr. Lena, uh, all these people who are telling you the truth, which is actually backed factually by science, by the way, germ theory and all the people. It's just not what gets posted or run with. And I'm watching, and there's a scene in some really old black and white movie where the guy's all, don't sneeze on me, I don't want to catch your bug. And it dawned on me all at once, from the entirety that we have been experiencing media, they have been implanting the idea that this is how people get sick, basically. Um, so think about, if I'm correct, think about what that means. Um, and that begins to demonstrate the overwhelming overwhelming power of media as a matter of fact to the point where most of the world has begun to lose its culture uh, in the united states we lost it pretty quick if we ever had any it was borrowed from older places in europe mostly um uh, but media has become the culture of the world and in that is all this kind of pavlonian subconscious programming and, you know, I get emails all the time. Well, I'm I'm aware or I'm awake now, so I'm immune to that. No, the hell you are, man. If I sit down because I don't feel good and I'm going to watch an old 50s movies, I'm already calculating. Well, it's back in the 50s. There's going to be less of it. Um, they had to apply standards a little more threat r readily, but I'm not fooled for a second. There's going to be so many things that happen in the course of that movie that I couldn't possibly identify from quick cuts to screen flashes to a certain word that's been said to a phrase just endless endless things and jason i've covered a lot of this um when we've circled around the tavistock episodes basically anyhow right and uh, one of the things that uh, we're working on right now is an update to the television episode that you did way back when and again all the things that i'm finding about how they programmed early and i mean this was this was a deliberate plan way back when 
And it's Forever. so much more effective. I mean, sure, moving images are in the movies. Got it. I understand. But you have to go to the movies. That black box is in your living room or wherever. Like, that's in your right. house. That is there. <laughs> you've you've invited Dracula it. through the door, right? That's exactly. what you're saying. Exactly. You asked the vampire in. But anyhow, I was going to say, hey, Rose, um, do you recall, could you post the episode number where I point out what the first television show ever broadcast, um, something to do with the Queen was in the title, it was in Europe uh, on 9-11, of course, the first drama ever to be televised on television, and this tells you the tale. How can it be that all these things are always ones and nines, um, basically doing the one one nine or the one nine thing. And of course, that relates to the metatonic cycle of the moon, which is nineteen years. Um, but I don't know if Rose will be able to draw. That's a that's a tough ask for Rose. But we covered one of these on television, where I wanted to know what was the first drama. You know, the real kind of real movie idea TV that would have to be a drama right a serious effort at, at putting something on screen lo and behold it was in an old Lord's Manor house or something like this I've forgotten in England it was on the BBC it was directly related it had Queen in the title and it was done on September 11 so oh, when you no, begin to on. understand all these things you begin to know something true about what media and entertainment is and always has been right um, and the problem for us is that all the young people are hooked on instant streaming whatever they want, whenever they want, and they can't come up for air long enough to possibly discern what's actually going on with this thing they value, which has no value, basically. When I was young, the idea of entertainment was special. You want to go to a movie, you might do it once a month. To do it more than that is lazy. You're a bum. Um, unless you claim to be a movie file, but that didn't excuse you all the way either. So you might see a few more movies, but that was entertainment and everyone recognized it as that. The children, if they were in, into comic books, that was about like eating rubber. That's how healthy it was from the point of view of parents. Comic books were trash, recognized as trash. Look how far we've come. Not too long ago, the biggest movie franchise in the world was a comic book. The very comic books that I had to sneak away to read when I was a kid. As a matter of fact, the deal I had with my mom is as I was getting up above 10 was if I went to Sunday school with her, we would stop at 7-Eleven on the way home. I would get a small Slurpee because we didn't get sodas. So this was like a special event, a small Slurpee and one comic book. That was the deal. Um, but you see, that was such a, an infinitesimal part of living. Whereas now, when you look around the human scape on this place we call Earth, entertainment is the lion's share of everything. And it's all filled with programming. And it's all filled with intent. So there's something that just popped in my mind when you said about the Slurpee thing. What year would this be? Like, what year would it be covered? This would be, yeah, this would be late 60s, early 70s. Okay, so long before the early 80s, and everything started getting switched over to high fructose corn syrup. So your Slurpee would have actually been made with cane sugar. So it, of course it was. It wasn't. They did. The, they did the switch over. I'm gonna pull. Uh, I'm gonna about pull 80, this out. It's about eighty four ish. 
Well, good. I'm glad you said that. It makes sense if it was 1984, of course. They did the whole, for a while there in the early 80s, they were going to make it look like everything was high-tech, so everything had to be clear. Your underarm deodorant had to be clear. Your Pepsi had to be clear. Your Coke, you know, all of a sudden everything was clear. But one of the things that happened was Coke took the successful recipe of all time and they changed it, and everyone hated it. So what they did is they ran with it, to let everyone hate it more and more and more and more. And then they claimed they were reverting back. When they reverted back, they had changed the sugar source to high fructose. Um, so even that was a boondoggle. Right. So what happened after that year-ish? People forgot the literal exact taste. So right, of course. when they got the classic formula back, it was still a godly sweet. And it... <laughs> I mean, well, for us God, in San Diego, what, what way to pull it, it off. yeah, what's funny about that is it had mostly gone to plastic by then, too. But you see, we live so close to Mexico, um, you could still go into taco shops. And, and to this day, you can in a lot of places. As a matter of fact, I'm in Rhode Island. There's a taco shop, nothing like a San Diego taco shop. And you can get a glass bottle of Coke imported from Mexico with sugar in it. That's right. They're everywhere. They're here, too. I've seen them right. all over the place. That That is right. a normal thing. So my question is, why? What's what's different? Are are the actual Mexican people so aware of that that they won't they won't buy it? I don't know. I would have to dig in. It's a good question, um, but I think the bigger question is why did they switch? And it, and the really the top level question that people seem to not understand is if you logically look at what I just explained about Coke, there was always a war between Coke and Pepsi, right? They'd have the taste test, and Coke always came out on top. But, of course, you had your people who love Pepsi and your people who love Coke. And so what they did was they took a successful on-top brand and they broke it for no reason. Um, and so a logical mind would say, well, you're going to lose all this money, which you will, which points out to you that money is not the goal. Something else is the goal. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so what actually happens is they switched the sugar source. Lord knows what else might have been traded in there. But clearly the chemistry, uh, there was a reason for it. And by the way, sugar was dirt cheap in this country for as long as I can recall. You'd get a truckload of sugar for next to nothing. Well, apparently high fructose corn syrup is even cheaper. <laughs> and apparently worse for you in many ways. And that's, that's not even the half of it because that opened the door for what comes later. Like... Do you remember, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago, if you went to the potato chip aisle, people would call it the GMO aisle. And sure enough, if you turned over your lace potato chips and looked at the back, <laughs> you would see um, this is GMO processed ingredients. Well, now look at them because I have been. Uh, in the last two weeks, I've done it three times and I haven't seen a single bag of lace potato chip marked as GMO. So what you can deduce is that sugar comes basically from a couple major places. It used to be beets, and I forget the other source. Um, there were it was cane, beets, and there were just precious few source, sources where the sugar came from. But then when they found out they could use corn, um, they started doing that, of course. And then there was the gasohol and all that big fad that went on for a while. But my point here is. What's also not being admitted openly is any sugar that was derived from corn has come from a GMO product in the first place, which doesn't have to be labeled. Yep. All true. It's crazy how many angles they hit us from and, and 
well, most people just don't even know it to begin with. And you wonder why people are, a lot of people are just drooling idiots because they're, they're just being poisoned mentally, physically, and I dare say spiritually on many levels. We, we have no idea. Um, and until you begin to clear your head and eat better and get good water sources, and it takes a while to clear your head. As a matter of fact, I think I will go on the record as saying probably something between one and two years before you start to get kind of clear headed again. But every year that passes after that, that you stay on track uh, more and more and more and your intuition and everything. But what it allows you to do is look back to the world where I came from, and then you can start to recognize the damage of the mentality of those around you. And by the way, Rose did dig it up. So when I was talking about the first broadcast, I covered that in episode 157, which I don't know why I'm saying I, because if it's 157, you must be in there, right, Jason? You, you have oh, yeah, to deal. Yeah, should be. Yeah, 157. So in episode 157, um, I dive in, if I'm not mistaken, I know for a fact that the first Queen's broadcast on September 11 is covered in there, which should tell everybody everything they need to know if they got five brain cells to rub together. Um, but what's more is I believe in that one, we do a little Tavistock work, but we cover, if I'm not mistaken, what happens to your brain waves if you're a habitual TV watcher and what happens to your brain waves even if you're not and uh, how quickly a habitual TV watcher goes basically into the same brainwave as a Vicodin abuser or an opiate addict. Um, it's crazy. It's just completely crazy. Anyhow, that was episode 157. Thanks, 157, Rose. Yep. I, I didn't know if you were going to be able to dig that one up. That was a pretty obscure ask. <laughs> well, she's good at what she does, right? She doesn't miss, man. I haven't seen her miss yet. Well, she's doing it for herself now because her channel is growing by leaps and bounds very, very quickly, and she's having lots of people wanting her to go live all the time, and it, I'm very proud of her. Very happy that she's she's doing it and doing it quickly and doing it well. It, it'll be yeah, it'll be you know I don't I don't if I go to look at anything you guys are doing, I never log in and I never leave comments and I never sub to to make sure that we don't put a big data field for when the other shoe drops and it comes time to start to more tightly try to control information. Um, a matter of fact, I would, I would go on the record as people who want to talk right now, you need to really start getting into a private website or some other method, um, that is not considerably social media. I don't give a damn who owns what, um, social media is never going to be out from under the gun. Everyone's always looking for the next social media that's not censoring, and I forget the platform. It was one that came out of the gate strong with a, we won't, you know, censor you message. And what actually happened to them is they were pressured by the RISP to play ball or get shut down. So what I'm telling you is all these big purveyors of social media platform, I don't give a damn who they are. Um, they can't get out from under it because they have to have an ISP to get internet connectivity. Um, and I don't think that's going away. No, no definitely not. So... What do you think is going to be next for the whole space thing? That's, I'm so tired of all the other crap. Uh, you I, know, it's I, interesting that we're having all these events. So we went from Corona to SpaceX to uh, let's play the race card now. I think they're trying to make sure that the economy is completely messed up because they're, they're imposing all these, uh, what's the word, curfews on, on so many cities now. I forget exactly how many major cities, but that's just going to do even more to hurt businesses. I said it a month ago. Um, once they take something, they're not going to let it go. Everyone's expecting to go back to work. 
Um, and already we're hearing National Guard and all this other ridiculous stuff. Um, and, you know, first of all, even see, you can tell this is coercion, that this is prearranged for the simple fact. I mean, how many times did we see a Trayvon Martin-like incident, race card incident, and we know what kind of news it is? Um, but this time, the actual supposed person who caused it was arrested and charged. So what are you protesting about, right? Doesn't that mean that the person who did the wrong here is charged with something? Um, just to make a fine point, but it's unfortunate the way they go at this, that you can always count on abortion, race, politics. There's a few things out there in the world that there will probably never be a grown up enough world that when they play the cards around these things, that people won't lose their damn minds. And race right now is a big one. And they've been working it hard too, um, because they've been elevating the idea of black people in media, um, for a number of years now. Um, so if you go back and look at that with a clean eye, you can see what's being teed up for a long time. I said, you know, these, these actors should be ashamed working in Hollywood. Um, you know, they, they're the race that they are is completely disrespected and it's openly disrespected. And then they flipped it and all of a sudden it became, um, oh, we got to have black president. Oh, we got to put black people everywhere. Oh, women are now important. Don't know why they weren't for the last 50 years, but now women got to be, you know, you can see how everything is manipulated because when I go out in the world, if I see a black person, that's a person to me. If I see a female and I'm male, that's a person to me. And most people I know are similar. There, there's no discrepancy there. And if there is a discrepancy, you're looking at a lower minded individual. So when you mirror the flip back onto media, what you see is manipulation, open manipulation. <laughs> Thanks, John, for the super chat. He said, whatever happened to the murder hornets? I guess they dropped that narrative. Oh. That, that, that was the, um, uh, oh, oh, that's like that, the one with the girl. Oh, wait a minute. That's cut. John, that one's coming back. I think because I did the etymology. Remember Jason, I did the etymology on the word Hornet and it was trumpet. And that's when you and I were, and Wayne were trying to tie events to the book of revelation. Um, keep, keep a, keep a thumbtack in that Hornets idea, John, because in its etymology, it means trumpet. Um, at some point. So I'm just saying we might see more killer hornets. Right. And it, it was Hunger Games. I blanked on the name. I, they took that right out of there. That's just that's a narrative that was in there and scared the crap out. And everybody was terrified of the murder. The uh, tracker jackers is what they were called in the Hunger Games books. And it's, it's ridiculous. It's like they're just picking things right out of sci-fi. Well, it's this is I see someone commenting now. It's the African the killer bee nonsense, um, you know, and, and even like 20 years ago, I'm I'm hiking with my nephews and we're out in East County, San Diego. There's an oak tree with a huge beehive. And I know I can safely walk up to it and their mom starts freaking out, yelling at me. Those could be killer bees. And I'm sitting there trying to say there is no such thing as killer bees. Bees pollinate all our food. This is she wasn't having none of it. So I said, all right, man, just don't go near the bees. But they're not killer. <laughs> so should we be a little brave here and try and speculate on what's coming next? Because obviously they've got everybody into a panic and, and totally off center. So they're keeping, I think, they got to keep the narrative going. You know, they got to keep everything stirring. I think it's pretty simple. Um, once you get something in your iron fist, you don't let it go. And if you do, you trade it. 
Like, you know that thing we took away from you? If you take this inoculation, we'll give it back. Um, you'll see that kind of thing. But what's going on now is people were preparing to go back to work. And now all of a sudden there's curfews and shutdowns. In San Diego, of all things, I was informed by eyewitnesses that they saw businesses boarding up before the protest even started. What, what world are we living in here? But I think the main point is the shoe just dropped again with the race card. There's a whole closet full of shoe here. This is like a Melda Marcos or whatever that that ruler's name was that had way too many shoes. There's going to be a shoe dropping. If I had to ponder a guess, and this is just a ponderous guess, um, the height of the power of the sun is going to be a big damn deal this year. And that will be the 21st of June. Because after the solstice, the height of the power of the sun for this year, uh, the following day it will begin to diminish. So I'm guessing within a day or two prior, that's not going to get wasted because the height of the power of the sun is the thing that will be leveraged upon. And we will watch probably a picture show like we can't imagine all the way down to December 21, the low point of the sun, which will also bring us the grand conjunction. I will point out that the last time we had a conjunction, which is once in a generation, roughly every 20 years, that Jupiter and Saturn go conjunct. Um, the last time it happened, shortly after uh, we got 9-11, that was the gift we were given. So, um, And another thing is uh, our mutual friend up there in uh, the Great White North, um, he was mentioning that the money they were paying out to everybody was 39 weeks. And I said, wait a minute, when did they start that? And he wasn't exactly sure. We did a quick calculation and we realized that it's the, the payments end after 39 weeks in the ballpark of where the sun goes to die on December 21, lies dormant for three days, gets reprogrammed and comes back kind of sort of a new sun with that year's programming for lack of a better word. Um, but this is this is where we are, and I think we're going to see shoe after shoe drop. And I think if any gains are made, there's going to be some shoes that weren't even going to drop, dropped just to make up for the point that something was gained. That's what I think is going to go on here. Well, they've got something in motion now. And while they did keep that 9-11 narrative going for quite some time, this is something that they can do without actually having to do anything. They could just say something. Like, oh, we've discovered another epicenter, another another hotbed of infections. And, well, we got to be careful again. Right. And, and 5G will go in live. But if someone's asking if there's any catch to the money they've been handing out. Um, here's the problem. And I'm not judging anyone, man. I, I know what it's like to be dirt poor. I mean, the whole time I filmed through that telescope, I had no idea where rent was coming from. And my wife and I were literally buying rice. That's how freaking dirt poor we were. Um, what they did is they broke everyone. Then they started giving money away. So that's a form of socialism, right? If you got one of those cards or something else, did you read the fine prints? Some of the fine prints on the ones I saw said, if you enter into this agreement, or will you enter this into this agreement? When the money was first given, it was not clear whether it was a loan or a grant or a gift, a grant is a gift, but at first, some of my other friends up in the northern part of the country 
had small businesses, they got the money and it was pretty clear it was a loan at very low interest or low for the, the ideas we have these days. And that loan was against the following year's tax return. And then it became, that's not legal, so we're not quite, so what I'm saying is you got to have money to live, right? So really, what are we talking about here? Either you have to take the money or you don't, right? People got to have money to live. I don't really see any way around this. And there's the trap. But what it does inform us is that we've become socialist, right? Openly. Um, but what kind of socialism? We went back and forth on this. We showed that apparently the entire banking system and the government has merged with national industry. So that says national socialism, but it's really not national socialism, isn't it? It's something else. And so what Jason and I have been calling it is the technocracy, because that seems to better fit. But the problem with saying technocracy is nobody knows what the F it means other than there's something technical going on here. So basically, I'll try to define it for you. It appears that we're going to go to subsistence living, where the government cuts checks. Here's your money for the month. If you can find a job, good luck. You can make a little extra money. Um the dollar or currency as we have known it will probably go away to some form of crypto, which is unfortunate because that will mean further loss of freedom. But to be fair, we all use credit cards right now, right? What's the difference between a credit card and crypto? Can anyone tell me? I can't. It's just a form of crypto called dollars. There's no bills and checks and stuff for the most part. And there's the creep up. But what's going to happen here is, uh, oh man, I think my dog's getting ready to do a number on my floor. Um, well, you can take well, it, but I can cover it. Yeah, what's going to happen here is I think we're going to creep to um, the job loss that's coming because of automation and the amount of people who were just put out of work. In a normal year when you lose a job, the average person might take six six months to a year to get reemployed. What happens when a million people get put out of work and a million businesses get closed? How long does it take those people to get back to work? which, by the way, many of which should have been going back today, but now we're seeing curfews. Point is, is we're headed towards, just so people understand, some form of socialism, which is ironclad control. Um, and when it goes to crypto, it's iron ironclad, um, because now the backbone of how everything is delivered, called the Internet, is wholly controlled, as we have seen, which I'm waiting for this live stream to die at any minute, because if adults talk common sense in a room, that's usually not acceptable. I'm going to send you an article here. Uh, this is one of the things I'd really like to tear apart more, but haven't had the opportunity to. And that's how many times they said about going back to the moon and anything to do with the moon and how many times it was. The can was kicked down the road. Since we only have about 13 minutes left, I think this would be an interesting way to end things if you're up for it. Okay, I got, oh, I got to do this twice. I got my stuff so locked down. I can't even load a URL. Go figure. So... By the way, one of the places I like to go to to look at how they're pushing a current space narrative is the website space.com. It's easy enough, right? And this is where <laughs> they talk about everything. But you know, they, you know what's interesting about space.com is they'll mix in sci-fi stuff. Like if Star Trek has something going on, they'll mention it on here. I, I think that t should tell you a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Star Trek should not be on a – like actors and all that kind of thing should not be being discussed on a serious website. But anyway, this article just came up. Uh, SpaceX's first astronaut launch, a new era of human spaceflight has dawned. And I think all of us here would say, or has it? You got me? 
I'm sorry, I lost you for a second there. Say it again. Okay, so momentum is building in the private sector with SpaceX's first astronaut launch, and a new era of human spaceflight has dawned. Right, there's no doubt, and they they took pains to uh, bring NASA back and couple it with the supposed private entity, entity, and then say over and over they are commercializing space. Big key point. Right. Somebody's asking us to address the riots. Uh, don't go do anything like that. Don't contribute. I strongly suspect, and there's a couple of items that have popped up to suggest that a lot of these things are being instigated. Now, you're always going to have like your, your lower types that are going to look for any excuse to loot and steal. Unfortunately, that's just a fact of life. But as far as what they're doing, this is just to extend out all the crap that we've been going through already if this is more of an excuse to lock things down and make you stay inside let let me point something out that was proven scientifically proven in a laboratory by tavistock uh, off the work of sigmund freud there are different mindsets in human beings the individual uh, might be a very high-minded but when you get human beings in a group that's what tavistock is interested in because they came to prove that this kind of herd mentality was so easy to manipulate. And so what happens is they get these people and they put a few ringers in there to incite. But the mind that goes on within what they call a herd, that big group, some people will act in a way that they never would have acted free of that group. And that's a fact that's proven black and white in so many tests I can't even cite them all. Endlessly this has been proven to be true. It's called the herd mentality. Um, don't get involved in these things and use common sense. Why is this one? You know, how many times have we seen some supposed shooting or some race baiting white guy kills black guy? How many times have we seen that in our lifetimes? Why is this one all of a sudden different? I suppose we could say people been cooped up a long time. I suppose we could say a lot of people haven't had a paycheck for some time. I suppose we could say a lot of refrigerators might be empty. Those are all good points. But let me tell you something. Something else altogether is going on here, and we know what the news is for, and if the news is taking the time to play it, as a matter of fact, in my forum, some longtime members started to address this, saying, I just saw a person killed on video, and I came along and said, no, you didn't, and it started this whole thing again, and I was trying to politely point out what we have taken so long to try to show people, that if it's coming across all these airways, it's doing something and that something is not helping, it is not enlightening, it is doing something else. And so I would just say, don't participate in this kind of nonsense. And this is what I've always said about groups. You could have 98% of the people there that truly want to protest for something they feel is meaningly meaningful, but the problem is 2% of those people in there are ringers, and they're going to incite they're going to get those cops to pop that tear gas. They're going to break those windows in that building. Think about this. And I asked my nephew this as I was trying to explain him. If if there was an empty bank, like some, you know, like I think it was a Chase and a Bank of America that were burned down on Spring Street. And I'd use both of them. I'm very familiar with both of them. You know how freaking, these are concrete buildings. These are tilt up 
concrete buildings. Do you know how hard it would be to build burn one of those to the ground? If they just emptied it out and someone gave you a lighter and said, go in there and burn that bank down, I don't think you could do it. First of all, there's sprinkler systems. Many of them have the CO2 systems for the vault and these other things. So clearly, whoever burnt those banks down came loaded for elephant, if you're following what I'm saying. So my point here is don't get involved in the hype. And if you see the wrongdoing, like people being bust in from wehateamerica.com or something <laughs> to make a stupid pun, um, report on it. You know, that's that's what we can do. Um, but my money is on the constitutional ideas. My money is on the notices of liability. My money is on the ways that the federal courts still have to enforce. There's where my money is. The problem with that is, is I'm telling you, man, there's a closet somewhere in this world with so many freaking pairs of shoes you couldn't even count them. And they're just going to start dropping them one after the other. And there's a plan on each of those shoes. Drop this shoe if plan A goes south. Drop this shoe if plan A goes north. Drop this shoe if we skip to plan C. Drop, you know, that's that's what we're looking at here, basically. It's been planned since longer than I've been alive. Well, let's be realistic here. Uh, you have to have some pretty serious equipment to be able to burn <laughs> a non-flammable building down. Like, what did you do to it? They're freaking concrete with this kind yeah. of casino carpet in them. Um, the the furniture inside is sparse. There are no curtains. Um, there's typically like some kind of a louvered type window blockage thing. Nothing in there is really flammable. And I asked my nephew, how did they burn them? Because um, that was the first thing that came. To, I've been in that building. I've actually sat in inside. Uh, with one of the, you know, one of the, not the tellers, but the people who do the other things for an extended period of time. If I'm telling you, if I sent you in there with a lighter and everyone was out of the building and you had permission to remove the building and say, go ahead, burn this down, I'll bet you couldn't do it. I'll bet you even if you got all the paper from all the printers and wadded it up in some corner, I still don't think you could do it. Those are concrete tilt-up walls. I'm just saying, man. Well, think about what it is that they're doing, too. I mean, that this is... The, the local money protector area. So of course they're going to have lots of things built into the, even an old bank is going to have lots of things built into it to protect it. So take that as you will just consider. I'm, I'm saying one of those bust in people had a knapsack and whatever was in that knapsack was loaded for elephant. Um, because I'm telling <laughs> you flat out, I, I, he couldn't do it with a lighter. You just couldn't. So I'd, I'd love to address this a little bit more. Uh, this is something I'd love to tear apart one of these days. I just don't know if there's a full show in it. But the whole moon thing is very, very amusing to me because – let's find where this says. Okay. So back in 1989, President George H.W. Bush, so, so Poppy Bush, the senior, announced what was called the Space Exploration Initiative, which was to send – astronauts back to the moon by the end of the 1990s <laughs> and get people to Mars in the 2010s. Wah, wah, wah. Guess what? That Guess what didn't happen? So his son... <laughs> did, we, did we miss that program? I Well, the program indeed. So President George W. Bush, he also did one, and that one was called Constellation. I remember that. I remember when he announced that. Uh, that it's was a con, all right. What's that? It's a con, all right. You gotta, you gotta get your right nameology on it. So what happened? They axed that one as well. Now, supposedly, a lot of the work done for Constellation got flipped into what's Orion now, and of course, Orion was being pushed by Obama's administration. So, 
what's the point of having a space administration if the president who comes four or eight years later can just destroy all the work you've done? I mean, what if what if when Kennedy said, let's go to the moon, not saying that this was real, but let's say, okay, we're going to go to the moon. That was 1963. And then Johnson comes in and says, no, we're not. I know well, you real millions of dollars. Yeah, in but... a real world, you can't do that. You could veto things coming up, but if that's already gone through all the checks and balances that we fake like we have, then there would be a budget. There would be all these things. Um, so it's it's exactly what you're saying. It's kicking the can down the road. And, and I want to point out to everybody, if you want to pay attention to things, every name has a meaning when it's in media. Every one of them and every location has a meaning. And I'll tell you what, if you want to know some things, go dig up a PDF online. Good luck if you can find the whole thing anymore. It's been out of print since 89. It's called King Kill 33 It's by James Shelby Downard. Um, you want to know some things? Go. There's the man who cracked it, as far as I know. And he showed you what exactly Hoaxbuster did. What did he do? He didn't know what was going on. He just paid attention to every name that came across the screen. And he said, wait a minute, those are all boxing names. Huh. Hmm, interesting. And so the the ingeniousness of this man, who basically I've met, I wanted him to have us I wanted to have this man on our show. He's got vision like a mofo. Um, but unfortunately his Scottish brogue is so thick, and I'm good with language. It took me about five minutes to tune in to be able to talk back and forth with him. And I was bummed. I told him I don't think anyone would be able to follow. Um, and he was cool with it, so I gave him a lifetime membership for all the work he's done. But there's a man who didn't need James Shelby Downard. That's how freaking good his vision is. So some people see his things and they say, well, that was a bunt or that wasn't. But I, I don't do that. Um, here's a man who can see. What can he see that I can't see? Um, but the point I'm making is if you want to know some things, go look up what I just told you, read it cover to cover, and then go back and look at the world with fresh eyes because you're looking at onomology, topology, um, all these ologies that are referencing back to who founded what, when, and all these other things. It's the name game, man. It's name magic. And I, I just think it's a critical to see because people get tied up in all this video nonsense. You want to know some things? Do what I just said. And then you'll look at everything differently. All right. That's just about going to do it to tie up the little moon thing I brought up. The current directive, the current, what they're saying they're going to do, is that NASA will be landing astronauts on the moon on the lunar south, south pole by 2024. And we'll see if <laughs> and what goes on between now and then and how much they play kick the can down the road. I'll take that bet all day long on Sunday with everything I own, and I am not a betting man. <laughs> um, the moon cannot be landed on it's a luminary and for the big kick in the teeth but it was known in times past it's actually written in so many places that the, the sun is cold and its beams are dark how come the closer to the sun you get the more snow on mountaintops think about it and don't fall for the atmospheric nonsense that, that tries to convince you otherwise. Um, and by the way, I just reread another old alchemical uh, conversion doc. Um, and it's like the fourth or fifth time I've seen this in print. The alchemists claimed that it was common knowledge that a man in the bottom of a well at noon during the daytime, when he looks up out of the well, will see the nighttime stars in the sky. That is a claim that I would love more than anything in this world to be able to test someday because I've seen it in 
I don't even know how many different unrelated um, alchemical texts this claim is made that it was a known fact that if a person was in the bottom of a well at noon, which puts the sun at its arc, highest part of its arc, that looking from the bottom of the well up, you will see the nighttime stars. There's your claim. Uh, there's so much about this world that we've been led to, to believe. And what's going on in the world right now is no different. It's just a different extension of the fantasy. But, Jason, I kind of walked on your moon stuff there. Well, that's all right. Our time is up. And this is something I want to break down uh, in more detail because there was a lot of stuff that apparently was going on to put people back on the moon, uh, allegedly. And it's just how they can spend all that money and then tear it apart and start something that just makes no sense to me. I want to look into that more. <laughs> yeah, we had the best thing in the world. We we started building it in 68. By 69, we'd put them up there and brought them back, and then we lost it all. Now we're into the new millennium by two decades, and we still can't replicate what we did in a year and a half back in the 60s. It's a shell game. And the reason is is because no person will ever put a boot on the moon because you cannot put a boot on the moon. Those old documents, those old religions, and I don't even give a darn what part of the world you're in. They're telling you the truth. It's a luminary. It is not a rock. It is not a quarter of a million miles away from you. Neither is the sun. And by the way, if the sun was projecting heat, the closer you got to it, the hotter you would get. There's a whole scientific mumbus jumbus that's going to try to lead you off the trail with atmosphere and all these other things. But if you use your God-given reason, you'll begin to know some things. Um, the older, the older, you know what, before the Renaissance, human beings were far above where we are and what they could build, what they could do and what they knew about this world. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, but anyhow, Jason, anything you want to add? Yep. Uh, thanks for everybody for being patient during our move. Wayne and I will be doing a secrets of Saturn this week. We haven't picked a topic yet. We have a couple things in mind. We've got to dish that out and figure it out, but we'll definitely be back on our regular time, which is uh, eight to 10 central nine to 11 Eastern crow. And I, of course, will be releasing our usual on Thursday and then we'll be back again next Sunday. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up guys. Um, be cool out there. Try to talk common sense to people. Try to not be a part of destruction and loss of control right now. The last thing in the world anyone needs is loss of control, violence, these types of things, because what will follow is the iron fist. So if you participate or fall for the nonsensical news that drives them, then woe, woe to us all. Treat each other well, and I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded, I guess, couple of months ahead. I usually say year. There it is, man. Cheers.
is the enemy of knowing. Come.